Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Kindled Podcast. I'm your host, Haley Williams, and this is the show where we talk about truth and grace boldly. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, what is up? Okay, this is crazy because this is actually episode 100 of Kindled. I can't even I can't even believe I recorded 100 episodes, but it's true. Here we are, triple digits. It's pretty crazy. And if you guys have been listening and following along for a while, you know that we are in uh, the middle of the education miniseries, which is basically what we're doing is we are walking through the three main models of education, public, private, and homeschool. And we are interviewing two women who have chosen each of those routes. So a total of six women have sat down with me to talk about their experiences, how that is going for them, the things that they considered making those decisions, the fears they had, the lies they believed, the scriptures they turned to, and how they are centering their hearts on truth. And through all of it, we are pointing back to the freedom that we have in Christ, the Christian freedom that we have in this decision of how we educate our children. So, um, that's where we're at, and it's been really fun to interact with you guys a lot um, around this series on Instagram. I've heard from so many of you who have had such varying and such varied experiences and uh, circumstances. A lot of people have written in on Instagram uh, DMs and just told me how encouraged they are, how much they're struggling with this decision, how much family opposition that they've already encountered, or how what a hot topic it is in their family. And they've just been really um, interested and comforted to hear the perspectives of these different women who are all believers and love God, want to serve Him, want to glorify Him with their lives, and certainly want their children to be raised up under truth and with a biblical worldview, and we're all doing it differently. And it's beautiful to see how God, one thing I talked about in stories on Instagram this week was just how how it is, I think we get so caught up in the methodology and the model that we forget that God is sovereign and he is actually orchestrating all of our varied stories for his own purposes. And it might actually be part of the plan that we are all doing things differently. It might actually not just be a result of our differences, but a result of his plan. By that, I mean, he wants some of us in our homes. He wants some of us in the public schools. He wants some of us in the private schools. He wants his followers everywhere. He wants Christians everywhere. And I said that on Instagram and A lot of you were just like, oh my gosh, yes, that is a perspective that I think is missing. We get so focused in on how everybody is doing it and compare ourselves and think that this is somehow, you know, um, kind of this race or this competition of of who's doing the best job or who's the best parent. And, um, you know, we're looking to the right and the left to see where we measure up. 
and where our kids measure up even. And, um, and we, in, in that we often are missing, you know, the gospel narrative, the meta narrative, like what, what God is doing in his kingdom on a much grander scale than just in our own particular lives. So I am, I'm really grateful that this series has actually caused us as a community to have some of those conversations. And I hope that what you're walking away with is more and more awareness of the freedom that we have and confidence to be able to enter into these conversations with grace with one another and to share your story and to offer, you know, to offer the same freedom that you have to others who may not may not really realize the freedom they have, who may be struggling with this decision as I have certainly and in who may really be carrying a burden that they were not meant to bear. So I hope and and truly have been praying that this will this will do that for me and for those of you who are listening. Um, this isn't just I'm not I'm not doing this series for any other reason than I truly need it myself. Yeah. So just wanted to kind of give a little bit of an update on how it's going, and I think it's going great. So I hope you agree. The last thing I'm going to do, um, because these are shorter interviews, I don't want to interrupt it with an ad in the middle, but I do want to let you know that this episode is being brought to you by myself. And that means by my business, actually, H. Williams Creative. For those of you who don't know, I actually do web and graphic design by day, and I podcast by night. And I specialize in working with female entrepreneurs who need help shining online. So whether that is a fresh rebrand and logo or a powerful and beautiful website, I can help you. If it involves digital marketing or design of any kind, I'm your girl. I would love the chance to chat with you about your business and see how I can help you. If you want to schedule a free 15-minute chat with me, you can do that at hwilliamscreative.com and just click on the contact tab, send me a message, and we'll get the conversation going. I would love to meet you and help you refresh your brand and make your business shine online. Okay, now for my conversation with Kaylee Hodges. All right, so welcome to Kindled, Kaylee. I'm happy to have you here. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, so um, I was telling you that you came recommended as someone to talk to regarding homeschooling when it comes to this conversation of education and how we school our children. So can you share with us the choice that you guys have made with your kids and how you do school? Yeah. Okay. So I have five kids. They are four years and six days apart total. From Wait, to- hold on. Five kids within four years? Yeah. So my, my sons are adopted. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I did have three daughters in three years, but then we had sons and they got sandwiched in the middle. Mm -hmm. So I have five kids in four years. So they are officially this year in kindergarten, second grade, third grade, third grade, and fourth grade. And they are all homeschooled and have been homeschooled from the, from day one. Wow. That is amazing. I mean, I'm, (laughs) I'm in awe of you. So I was just telling you that I was homeschooled and I'm actually the oldest of five kids. So are you? I didn't know that. I am. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really fun. I mean, I know, you know, it's crazy, especially because yours are also close in age. I, the gap between my youngest sibling and I is 11 years. So 
I was more like a babysitter when she was born. <laughs> a little, a little better spaced. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I was actually in the delivery room when she was born. So that was semi-traumatic, but also <laughs> awesome. No kidding. What was your education background personally? Yeah. Um, my husband and I were both public schooled all the way through. My mom was actually a public school teacher for my whole entire childhood and then a principal the whole entire time I was at university. Wow. Okay. Homeschooling then really wasn't like probably part of your, like you said, your original intention, but it made sense with the circumstances of your son and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And we were really blessed. My mom you know, I, I was actually kind of afraid to tell her because this is a woman who spent her whole life in public education and man, she just got behind us and, and has really done this with us so well. That's awesome. So then was your, your experience in public school was, was, would you say it was overall like a, a positive experience? I don't know that I would say positive. I would say kind of apathetic. I think okay. what I would like for my children is maybe a little bit more of an awake experience. School was just something I did. It had its ups and its downs socially, but as far as like the actual education part of it, I don't, it was just a thing, you know, you just show up, you do it, you get your grades, you move on. Yeah. Man. Well, if anyone was, you know, a candidate for like believing in public education, you were it with a parent who was involved and, and not to say you don't believe in it, but just that, you know, it wasn't like you came from, you know, my situation, for instance, where I never have been to public school, so I have no idea what it's like, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is my kids' experience. And I sometimes think about that, like they're not going to have, but you know what? I will say this. I asked to be homeschooled several times when I was in high school. So I think there was something in my head that was like, this would be awesome for me. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's be real as the kid, that is really awesome to be done with school by 11 AM. I mean, that's, that's huge. (laughs) I make sure not to talk negatively about public school because my kids have friends in public school, but my kids are terrified of it. They're like, they have to be there till 3.30. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. fine. Whoever have to go, you'll be okay. <laughs> right. Well, and that's just the reality too for me. I'm a 31-year-old adult and I feel the exact same way your kids do when I think about sending my you know, my own kids for that long every day. I'm like, how can they handle it? Are you sure? Like, is this a, is this a good idea? Like, and not to say, I think people who are doing that are making a a wrong, bad choice. I just personally, like, because I didn't experience that and I did more of that block schedule, you know, take classes, show up between these five hours, do your classes, go home. Like I just never experienced that. So I think it's just, and that's, that's where some of the fear can start to play in. It's like, fear of the unknown, fear of, you know, all of the things that I didn't experience myself. So it doesn't feel normative to me. It feels like what, (laughs) you know? So, I mean, maybe your kids will be listening to these episodes someday as they are figuring out what to do with their own children. Yeah. Yes. I hope so. That would be amazing. How is that going for you? Cause you've been homeschooling now. Your oldest, you said was fourth grade. Fourth grade. Okay. So you've been in it for like five years. Yeah, about five years now. Okay. Um, We love it. It's really working for us. That's awesome. How do you like, uh, what is, what does a day look like for you? I mean, especially I'm curious with the span of ages, you know, I would imagine you have some more self-guided learners and some that require more hands-on help. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
a day looks like for us, I'm going to be honest with you. I do not have a type A personality. I have like maybe a C minus. <laughs> so we do homeschool really chill around here. They wake up, they do some chores. They have like a little bit of copy work to practice handwriting and spelling. And then we all eat breakfast together as a family. And then we just stay at the table and we do a morning time that involves him, poetry, math, word problems, Latin, which sounds really intense, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And then we do some read alouds and then they go do independent work, which includes like math and language arts. And we're typically done by like 11 a.m. Wow. Okay. That's nice. <laughs> that's, that's a huge plus. Yeah. Yes. Most of what we do together, a few things they separate out and do on their own Mm -hmm. to grade level. Yeah. So it only really takes a couple hours to then get everyone through their actual curriculum. It does. And one of the things that has happened is my two youngest are both girls and they have like hardly had a day of formal education in their life. They've picked up so much that I have not had to teach them how to read. I haven't had to teach them math. Like they just sat and listened so often they just figured it out. <laughs> oh. My older kids require a lot more instruction. Okay, interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. So, was this choice for you guys to homeschool, did it feel at the time before you actually made the choice, did it feel kind of like we don't know what we're going to do for school and this is a really big decision for us or did you kind of always know that you wanted to do this? We had always considered it. However, we kind of got put in a a crisis, I hate to say crisis, but it really was a crisis situation where it kind of became necessary. My oldest son is adopted from Uganda and he came home from Uganda about a month after he had turned five, which here is kindergarten age. He wasn't ready. I mean, he could, he was fresh to speaking English. He had never lived in a home, like a single family home. And I just, oh man, we're not ready for public school. And so we thought, well, we've always considered this. Let's give it a try for a year, see how it goes. And then we'll revisit our options. Right. After that first year, we were thriving and we loved it. And so we said, okay, one more year and then we'll revisit our options again. (laughs) And finally, at some point we were like, you know what, when this stops being fun and stops working for us, we'll stop doing it. And it's been five years and that hasn't happened yet. That's so cool. I love hearing when parents are like you, like thriving in whatever choice they've made. Like, it's just really awesome to, to hear that the variety of choices that people can make and be like, I love it. It's really cool. And I don't like, I didn't, I didn't suspect that of myself okay. at all. And like I said, not, not every day is easy there. It certainly comes with its challenges, just like every bit of life. I just have been constantly surprised at how well we have all thrived in just the overall setting of homeschooling. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, if there are any challenges, I'm I'm sure there's challenges, but what would you say would be like some of the, the most challenging aspects of it for you as the teacher slash mom? I think it's being with my kids constantly. There is, there are times when I literally have to like, my husband will come home and I'm like, I'm leaving the house right now. Like I'm walking out the door. I'll be back late, much, much, much later, well after bedtime. (laughs) Right. I think that's a huge challenge. You don't think about sort of the emotional intensity of constantly being with all of your kids Mm -hmm. every day. 
And so we have had to kind of build in some relief for that occasionally. For sure. Yeah, I understand that. (laughs) Growing up in a large family with all of us at home all the time, it's just, it's like you're just constantly on. And it's, I mean, people need breaks. Like parents need breaks. Kids need breaks from each other. Like we just need some space sometimes. Yes. So bring us back to like when you guys were making this choice, were there any lies that you kind of found yourself having to break down from your own beliefs or previously held beliefs or things that you were working through together when you were making that choice? Yes, absolutely. So as with all things education, it's never just about education, right? So I had come off of having three babies in three years. And with my last, I had struggled with postpartum depression Um, and then we had adopted and it had, it, it, we'd lived in Uganda for three months to complete that process. It was incredibly traumatic, obviously, particularly for my boys, but we all experienced some secondary trauma. And I was just at a place where I thought, I'm not even sure I'm equipped to be a mom, much less Mm -hmm educate my children as their mother. And I just kept going back to, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't, what if I teach them wrong? What if I don't teach them anything? What if they can't learn from me? What if they don't like me? What if they feel bitter to me? My mind was just flooded with those thoughts. It was really challenging. Yeah. So then what helped you kind of sift through that? Because that sounds like, I mean, a ton of kind of circumstances that were outside of your control that you had to uh, navigate? Yeah, well, primarily my husband was just sitting there, you know, reciting truth to me very often. Like, you were called to this job, you were equipped for this job, God would not have given it to you if you were not capable of it. So he was an incredible support for all of that time. And then we also just allowed ourselves the freedom. Like I said, my son was five of having like one free year. Like if we do it and we totally blow it this year, nothing has been lost, like nothing lost. And so we just kind of allowed ourselves the freedom to say like, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work out. Right. And, And just giving ourselves that freedom to know that the end is the redeeming power of Jesus, not did I homeschool well? Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's... That'll preach right there. Was there anything that kind of, was there any resources or was it just conversations with people that kind of helped you to sift through some of that in your own hearts and kind of center yourself on truth? What do you feel moved you forward through that process? Yeah, my sister-in-law was already homeschooling, which is why we had started considering it in the first place, obviously. And she was really loving it and enjoying it. And so she was an incredible um, place of support at that time. But also, this is going to be like a crazy answer, but man, Instagram was so good to me. (laughs) Just in, in seeing moms and families in similar situations really thriving and kind of finding their stride and feeling empowered and equipped and sharing that empowerment and that equipping with other moms, I really found that to be helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. Not always the the rap that Instagram gets. So that's encouraging. It's not. It was it, it has played a great role in our education journey. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Were there any scriptures that you turned to for kind of comfort, wisdom, direction? Yeah, at the time I was reading the book of John just over and over and over and over again. I think I went through a two two year period where I just was reading that one book and I have never gotten over John 8 
where it says from the sunset spree is free indeed. I think it's John 832, possibly 35, one of those. And it's just talking about our identity in Christ. Like once we are in Jesus, he gives us so much freedom to follow him, how we are called to follow him. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of rested in that. Like I am who you say I am and I have all of these options in front of me and they're all good things. And so I'm just going to trust you to lead where we need to go. Yeah. So, so encouraging and so true. The freedom we have in Christ, it's, it, it's beautiful and also terrifying sometimes, you know, cause it's like some of us who are kind of, I'm maybe more on the, you know, a black and white thinker and tend towards kind of legalism and okay, well, what's the right answer? What's the right way? You know, I'm looking for someone to just like, please tell me what is best. Please tell me what is the right thing. And I will do that. And I will try my hardest And, you know, I think that's one of the reasons that I'm doing this series because I am needing to preach to myself the truth over and over again, that there is not only one right way. There is not a best even because, because that's within the family and and with the, the parents and the children in that family to, to kind of dictate that for themselves. And that's hard for me because I'm like, uh, there's gotta be some, there's gonna be some kind of measure. How do I, how do I identify or can I take a quiz and find out what I should do? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a a fear of failure, you know, because I know, I know I can switch. I know we can change our mind. I know we can do something one year and not do it the next, but something in me, in me believes that if we do that, that that means I failed, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll say this for the homeschool world. Like I said, I've been really encouraged by online, but also I've been shocked at how much fear is driving it Mm. often. And I just have to stay away from all of that. I think my hope is not in homeschool. My hope is in Jesus. Like Mm. I can't, I can't be driven by that kind of fear of what's going to happen out in the world. Yeah. Wow. That resonates with me a lot because I think that messaging was really present for me when I was being homeschooled and whether intentionally or unintentionally, my perception was like public school, bad homeschool, good. And kind of like there was a right and a wrong or a better or a, a worse. And so I think that is kind of where some of my leanings or feelings of should come from when it comes to homeschooling or private school is a fear mentality, which I agree with you is wrong. And so it's like, how do I, you know, like kind of sifting through to find what's at the bottom of that? Is it, is it truly fear or is that like on the top? But can you kind of talk about why you say that, why you are, you know? Okay. So we were talking about fear. Mm-hmm. I discovered very early on in my journal journey of homeschooling that that is a huge motivator for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I got a little caught up in it. Like, public school is bad, or we need to protect our kids from all of these things. And what I found is it took all the fruit of the spirit that was driving our homeschool away from us. So then there wasn't any love and joy and peace and kindness and patience and gentleness. We were all just frustrated all the time because not only was I afraid of what might happen if homeschool didn't work out, I was also worried that if our homeschool didn't prove itself, Mm -hmm. that all these fears would be realized that public school really was better. And I was really wrong about all of these things. I mean, it drove us to a bad place and I kind of got to a place where I had to step back and go, okay, like if the worst happened and 
tomorrow I was incapable of doing this anymore and I needed to send my kids to school, would we be okay? And I thought, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I have great friends who are teachers at our nearby school. I love the people who work there. I go to church with them. It's not, and so I had to step back. Jamie Martin from the Simple Homeschool said one time, fear is a bad motivator and a worse master. And I found that to be absolutely true. So our theory, I think I said this earlier, is kind of like, as long as it's still working for us and we're still enjoying it, we'll yeah. keep doing but fear can't be a player in that. Wow. Yeah. I love how you put that. And that makes so much sense. And I, th- I think explains probably why a lot of moms feel miserable in their situation who are homeschooling um, or even miserable in another situation that they've chosen, uh, whether that's, you know, a private school or whatever, is when they're being driven by fear because it puts all of the impetus and all of the pressure and the weight of performance and success on us as the mom, you know, like make it or, or break it. Like this is all or nothing, do or die. If you fail, then look what you'll have to do with your children. You'll have to send them to evil public school. You know, I mean, just to be honest, like I grew up like back, I was homeschooling in the nineties. So I think the movement was a lot newer then. And there was a lot of that messaging. Like that was where a lot of it was kind of being motivated from. I don't know if that's still the case or if there have, I mean, I think that it's more mainstream than it was then. And there's also like a lot of people doing it for non-biblical or, you know, there's a lot of like secular families homeschooling as well for a variety of reasons. Right. So, yeah. So it may not be that way, but. Yeah. I think there, I think the movement as a, as a collective has found a lot of freedom, which is good for all of us. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I think there's always going to be pressure. You know, there's pressure even still to put my kids in school and that pressure is also driven by fear. And I'm like, if I do choose to put my kids in school, it can't be because I was afraid. Yeah. Now, do you mean like external pressure or pressure from yourself? Uh, external pressure. You know, I think the church a cer- certain church cultures can put a lot of pressure on moms to homeschool or private school. Um, and then I think, you know, probably secular culture at large puts a lot of pressure culturally and community to have your kid in public school. Yeah, You feel both of those pressures, but the person we're answerable to is the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. our life and our faith. And that is never a decision. The Holy Spirit is never going to motivate us by fear and, and pressure. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. Like, how do you navigate friendships with, you know, I'm I'm sure you have friends that are making very different choices than you guys are making with your kids uh, as a homeschooling family. Do you find that it's best to just like avoid the conversation of education altogether? Or have you found a way to kind of have that with grace or does it just depend on the friendship? I think it depends a lot on the friendship. For the most part, if people don't bring it up, I don't bring it up. Yeah. I just let it go because I just, it, honestly, it doesn't care. I don't care that much. <laughs> I don't right. need to be at a list for homeschool. Also, what I have found is that it is really important for us to put people over philosophies. If something is really important to someone, I'm not going to say, well, here's why you should think why I, what exactly the same thing I think. Mm-hmm. Now, with a lot of my really close friends, they, of course, are interested and care and want to know. Mm-hmm. And so we have had to navigate those conversations carefully because of course they've made different choices than me. And I don't want in sharing those conversations mm-hmm. 
to hurt them or pressure them or make them feel afraid. And so with very close friendships or genuinely curious people, I'm always willing to have those conversations. But for the most part, I just think, eh, I don't know if it matters that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like everyone thinks that everyone else is looking at them when really we're kind of all just looking at ourselves, you know, and I'm not saying that's a good thing, but in the sense that like everyone is actually not usually looking at you and kind of assessing and judging and going, well, I wonder why they're doing this. Like, we're all just more concerned about like our own situations and, you know, in our own homes and all of the things that we're dealing with, with our own families. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So would you, what advice do you have to parents kind of weighing these choices and these options And especially maybe for the mom that is wondering if she should be homeschooling since that's the choice that you guys have made, what questions uh, should she and her husband be asking and kind of weighing? Is there, you know, is there a rubric or are there, are there any things that you have found that have been true for you as a homeschool mom that, you know, that, that woman might find helpful? Yeah, I think a couple of things, and I think they're probably going to be reiterating things I have already said, but people over philosophy, and you're the parent of a child who is a human being. And so that comes with a lot of dynamics. And I think we have to be less committed to our philosophies of education, whether that be public school, private school, homeschool, whatever else kind of school, then we need to be committed to loving our child well. Mm-hmm. And bringing them into the full knowledge of God, whatever that entails. Mm-hmm. I also think we need to be driven by love, first and foremost, not fear. And then last but not least, I would say, particularly for a mom considering homeschooling, I would say, um, know your village. Mm-hmm. Who, who you have there to support you? It's going to be good. It's going to be sweet it's also going to be really intense and you're going to want to be surrounded by people who can handle that intensity, who can speak freedom and life and encouragement to you and, and, and make sure you're surrounded by the kind of people that you want to be and who inspire you to be more Christ-like in your home, not, not anyone else. Yeah. That's really, really good advice. What about for the mom who has uh, who is not homeschooling or is not leaning that way, but maybe has friends that are homeschooling. Speaking from your perspective as a homeschooling mom, how can she support her friend, encourage her? I mean, knowing that they obviously both need to be doing that for each other, but specifically for that homeschooling mom, what, like, how are, how are your friends blessing you? And in, in what ways are they speaking life and truth to you? I think for the most part, just totally accepting that this is a good choice for us. Mm-hmm. I love it when my friends aren't constantly trying to talk me out of what the Holy Spirit has led us into. (laughs) Yeah. Health is always a relief. It's also helpful when my friends do, and they often do remember that I am schooling. So it's like a part-time job and I can't always answer phone calls and respond to texts. My friends are really great about uh, giving me some space there Mm -hmm. because it's hard. I'm at home. And so it feels like I should be more available, I think, than I am. Um, and I have a great group of friends that's like kind of guards my time and protects me. And I, and I so appreciate that. Mm, That's really cool, man. Any other, any final thoughts or, um, anything else you want to say about this topic? 
Yeah. And I would just say whatever choice, if you're out there and you're struggling, whatever choice you make, count the fruit. Is it bearing the fruit of the spirit? If not, maybe ask if the spirit needs to lead you in a different direction. If it is great, celebrate it and keep going. I would just say, keep counting the fruits. And so many good nuggets here. (laughs) I'm sure people are going to be like going back and taking notes. Thank you so much, Kaylee, for sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to that episode with Kaylee. I thought she brought so many helpful nuggets, as I said in the interview, just to the conversation around homeschooling and was so honest and truthful about the difficulties that she encounters, but also the beauty that she sees in that path that they've chosen. So the next interview that is headed your way is with Kristen Hatton. She's been on the show before, but she's going to be on tomorrow talking about how she has chosen um, public school for her kids. And she has one son, I believe, that's graduating this year and the other two are in college. So Look forward to that episode. Come back tomorrow and uh, check out that episode with Kristen. And then we've got two final episodes next week with Rebecca Hargraves, who is uh, a homeschool representative, and Karen Burley, who will be talking about private school. All right. Have a good day, and I'll see you back here tomorrow.